you are now tuned in to Cup of Grind with Jada D. This is your daily dose of what's real in entrepreneurship. This podcast is intended for the new business owner, the person with a really good idea but not sure where to begin, and that person working at a job dreaming of the day that they can work for themselves. It's grind time. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your girl Jada D. And this is another cup of grind. Listen, I'm really excited because, you know, it's 2019 and it's new year, new me, right? New me, new business. Hey, I know you all are ready to start your own business, so I'm glad you're here. I've got your virtual CFO on this episode of Cup of Grind. I'm speaking of none other than Arnisha Bobo, virtual chief financial officer and strategic partner with Bossy Books Consulting. Arnisha works with small business owners to create an effective financial workflow process. She focuses on strengthening your financial reporting, accounting, and cash flow projections. Prior to entrepreneurship, she worked with some of the top 100 companies averaging over 1 million billion, I'm sorry, in revenue. She's from Memphis, of course, and I promise every guest won't be from Memphis, but wait, what can I say? Memphis produced some dope ass people, okay? Some entrepreneurs really making some moves and on their grind. Listen, she is running her business from Atlanta, Georgia, but works all over the world, works globally. Listen, make sure you listen to our conversation, take some notes so you can launch your next project. Check it out. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, girl. Hey, hey. Happy New Year. (laughs) Yeah, Happy New Year. How are you? I am well in the middle of busy season, but I'm well. (laughs) That's good. That's good. good. Yeah, you know, um, 2019 is in full effect, and I'm really excited to have you part of, um, you know, one of my newest ventures, which is this Cup of Ground podcast, because, you know, you were one of the first people that I thought about um, your level of expertise, and um, you make sure that you keep yourself very visible um and even if I could have thought to have forgotten about you you make sure that you're very visible um and always wanted to send business your way because I know that you know what you're talking about so let's talk some money okay yes let's do it you are a virtual CFO which absolutely love that title I love that you're able to help people from anywhere and I think that's really important so as we're starting a new year um and Unfortunately, we are in a our season, hopefully, that has ended um, of a government shutdown. Different people have lost jobs for a number of reasons as 2018 ended. Um, so people may be thinking of starting a business. So what are some of the first money matters or financial tips you would give people when they're starting a business? And this should hopefully support um, what I have actually just put out recently, which is a startup checklist. And so I kind of went through to make sure that I was covering everything because I knew that you were going to make sure that I was on my P's and Q's and had everything. So I definitely have the accounting systems and all that. So I want you to hit on those things that somebody starting a business, just kind of getting out there. What's some of the first thing you you always ask them or make sure that they have? All right. First things first, when you are starting any new venture or any new business, know exactly what it is that you are doing or that you're starting. 
Um, a lot of people start businesses because they were already doing this kind of thing. And I always use myself as an example. I'm a professional accountant. Um, that's what my degrees are in. That's where I started before my business. And so I had a solid foundation of what it was, what I was supposed to do. Um, you meet that hairstylist that has been doing hair since she was 14. These are some of my clients and they want to transition from being that kitchen beautician into a facility or a shop. And I'm like, we have to build it out. So know what it is that you want to do. Let's turn that idea into a business plan. Um, a lot of people think that business plans are so old and out of the way. No, you have important information in your business plan. Your business plan lets anyone know that picks up that document who you are, what you're doing, your product or your service, who your target client is, and most importantly, this is the most important piece, financial projections. You can have that great idea. You can have that great, this is what I want to do. But if you don't have financial numbers behind it to see it and, and try to grow it, you'll just be operating blindly. And when I mean financial projections, it's what is the price of your product or service? And then how much money do you need to make or do you want to make monthly, quarterly, annually? What is a sales goal? So every the, the hundred thousand dollar is a great number that everybody likes to start with, and I'm, that that can be done. It's doable, but do you have a plan to back it up? What? How much money do you need to make quarterly, weekly, and then daily in order to meet that goal? Does your business plan support your annual goal? Well, let's talk about the pricing of your product. Is your product or service priced poorly? Is it priced too high? Are you in that sweet spot? Do you know how to find that good middle sweet spot? Also about pricing, let's think about the Walmart cheap brand or do you want to be a high quality, high tier Chanel, um, Italian fashion? Do you want to be a high end brand? So you have to really understand what is it that you want to do? Package it up into a business plan so that you kind of can track the progress of that. And then make sure that your product or service is properly priced. It doesn't matter what industry it is. It doesn't matter what you want to do. No business can function without some type of financial projection or review. It's our, our business and our industry is needed across the world in everything. So you can't just bypass it. I know I just gave you a lot. <laughs> Tell us, okay, so Bossy Book Consulting, what are the service offerings that you have for people, for new business owners? So new business owners, what I, I typically do with them is called what's called a profit plan. And we go through your business idea. So the ideation phase, we create a business budget, a business forecast so that we can see where you are for the next 24 months or where you're trying to go. A lot of businesses bypass the business budget completely. So now you're just in the, in the season or every week you have to spend money and um, money is going out and you don't know where. That's because you're not really tracking it. So you, we don't know where we are supposed to be initially. And then you're just spending money, receiving money. The number one issue that I get when people meet me, this is the, the number one header. Anisha, I made six figures, but that's not what's in my bank account. So my first question to them is, okay, let's, let's back into that. Are you using a financial management system? And when I say a financial management system, a system that is housing and tracking all of the transactions for your business. That can be an accounting software, um, which, of course, I'm going to always ask that. Right. What what system is tracking the movement of money in and out of your business? That could be QuickBooks. 
um, that could be zero, that could be wave, it could be fresh books. There's a ton of systems out there. Your PayPal, your Stripe, and your Square, those are just payment gateways. That's how you receive money in. That's only telling us a piece of the pie. I need to see the whole piece. I need to see the recipe. So I need to see money coming in and money going out. How are you spending money? Your bank account will only tell me, it'll give me that information, but it's not going to summarize it in the report that we need. So so let's 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 back up what is in your financial management system. If you're not using one, most times they're not using one. So then my next question is, well, how are you tracking everything? In Excel, and I use my receipts, I just keep all my receipts. That's a no-no. We are, this is 2019, there's way too much technology out to still be holding on to a bunch of receipts and still using Excel to track that. Excel is a data analysis tool. It's not meant to do your bookkeeping. So what I always, for that that solopreneur um, that can't find their money or don't know where it's going, sit down. It's a hard conversation to have with yourself, but sit down and decide what kind of business do you want to continue to be? Do you want to continue to be the struggling business or do you want to be the business that is starting to grow? And as you grow, you build infrastructure to help you continue to grow. So for the newbies that are just getting into it, do not make the mistake of not using systems and software to track what's going on. Again, after you get the business plan ready, you are sound and understand what is what it is that you want to do, who you want to serve, and how much you're going to charge, then track all of your calls. You can use a free software. You can use a $10 a month software. Use something to track the movement of what you're doing. Nine times out of 10, when you're starting a new business as the business owner, you're already spending money on that thing. Now, what I will advise you to do do not commingle funds. Do not spend personal money on business money. Don't spend business money on personal items. Um, a lot of people get caught up in that, right? They live off the money their business makes. And it's easy to get caught in that trap, but what you want to do is create separation immediately. So as that new business owner, that newpreneur, go and get you a business bank account. Register your business, incorporate it as an LLC or an S corporation, whichever you feel comfortable with, but create separation immediately. Get your business account. Now, as a business owner, you can deposit money into your business account because it's called owner contribution. But what you cannot do is take your business card and go pay your rent. That's commingling funds, and that's going to get you in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So create that separation, invest in those tools, and you'll see a change. But again, it goes back to you deciding what type of business do you want to have. Yeah, and so how did so thinking about what type of business you want to have, what did what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, when I was very young, I knew I wanted to have my own business, but very early, I was always good in math and computers. I loved computers. Like I would just receive um, when my mom would buy me a new desktop computer, I would literally put it together in like ten minutes without looking at the instructions, and I would set it up on my I would set my um my desktop up with my color scheme. I would make sure all of my settings were good. I love computers. So I knew I wanted to have my own business. I was also very good at numbers and money. And so I grew up around a couple of entrepreneurs as well. And I would help uh, my aunt, one of my favorite aunts, she has a salon. And so I would help her with her appointments and help her like count her cash, her deposit that she would make every day or every two days. And so, um, 
just going through life and working different jobs, I was always getting like placed in inventory or cash. I was like, why am I always getting put there? I don't want to do that. I want to look cute at the register and then go home. <laughs> but after, um, when I was in high school, um, my senior year, I graduated before I graduated, I started working at a hotel at the front desk. And of course, I was doing um, check-ins and cash. And I started getting trained on the back office. And I started learning true accounting, like really understanding what we were doing with this money we were receiving in. And I fell in love with it. Uh, accounting is one of those skills. It, it's not something that you can just pick up. It's a skill. Either you have it or you don't. And a lot of businesses struggle with accounting because they don't understand what's really happening. Um, accounting is just more than plugging numbers into a spreadsheet or a computer. It's understanding what's going on. So, and I know when I first started my business, I tried to teach business owners basic accounting and it wasn't working. They didn't care about depreciation in their asset balances. They didn't care about an amortization schedule for their intangibles. They didn't care about any of that. They wanted to know how much money did I make? How much money did I spend? And do I have any left? If I do have any left, do I owe taxes on it? That's all they cared about. Mm. And so I had to learn how to change and modify my teachings and then the way that my products and services were packaged. When I first started my business, um, I actually like slid into it um, I, because I, of course, the accountant, a lot of my friends that have businesses or associates have businesses. They will always say, hey, Arnisha, can you look at this for me? Can you help me reconcile this? And I'm like, sure, let me give it to me for like a day. And that's how I started to build my business. And my business came from referrals only. But never did I imagine the teaching aspect. So um, coming down to Atlanta, connecting with these different organizations, and I started to teach workshops, okay. which led to me um, being booked on panels to speak as a speaker, which also led to me writing um, my first book, which is going to be released later this month. So my business has evolved. And those, like the teaching, the book, and the speaking, those are not built into my original business plan. Again, my plan was to service businesses, teach them what they needed to know about their business so that they could move on, grow their business and go to the next level. Yeah. So just because you have that first business plan doesn't mean that's where you're, you'll stay. It's just it's your starting point. But we all need a starting point. We need that visibility. And that's what I teach now. That's my, my marketing message. I help solopreneurs gain visibility on their business finances. Because nobody really knows what's going on. Yeah, that's real. I definitely have been guilty of doing a lot of things that you mentioned earlier that we shouldn't do and have had to learn the hard way. So I definitely agree that the services that you offer are definitely needed. Um, as you grow your businesses and the different offerings that you have, how let's talk about boundaries. What are some um, good business boundaries that you've had to implement um, you know, whether it's the type of clients you're willing to take on or the way that you will work in the hours or what have you, but what are some, some healthy business boundaries that you think are important to have? I think it's very important, um, to, to try things out, trial and error. You never know what type of client you don't want until you're working with that client. So for me, my first client, um, it was trial and error. Um, luckily enough, she was in a she was a service based business, um, 
and I grasped the her industry really fast. So I understood her paying schedule. I understood her uh, spend, her monthly spend. But it, it starts with a client. And then it go you go from one client to three clients. So then you really test out what you do want to do, what you don't want to do. Through my, my Throughout my entire accounting career, I've never liked taxes and I've never liked auditing. So I know... I always knew going the CPA route wasn't for me because those are basically the types of accountant most CPAs are. They, their focus is accounting and taxes. My focus is true GL accounting, like really understanding the account balances. Um, so with that being said, that's why I don't promote tax services because I don't perform them. I have CPAs that I have an alliance in partnership with that perform those services for my clients. But my focus is to provide you or help you build tax-ready financials. So when you go to get your taxes done, boom, here you go. You can hand that person a financial book instead of a bag of receipts. But it goes back to what I said earlier, knowing what you want to do. Um, good, good boundaries is you cannot be afraid to say no. Don't overwhelm yourself. Um, I know we get excited in our first six months. We want to take on anybody and everybody. And you can overwhelm yourself you can stretch yourself out too far and you can ultimately create a bad experience for your customer and that's what you don't want to do so don't be afraid to say no don't be afraid to um once your business is profitable don't be afraid to change that and modify that you have to set boundaries with yourself and your business keep in mind um, the business that you have you're not going to be in that position forever you will never be able to grow if you are the only one performing the work as my business has grown, I've been able to add, um, I have staff, I have two bookkeepers and an office manager. So it's not just me anymore. But I did start off as a solopreneur because I was still in that building phase, really understanding what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it, and how would I be able to grow from Memphis, uh, past Atlanta, and now globally. So right now I'm actually working on an international accounting certification because I want clients throughout the world and I can't do that gestation in the U.S. So set boundaries for yourself in, in knowing what you want to do. Um, don't give in, give in to the fluff online on social media. When I started my business two years ago, I was like, oh, this person doing these six figures and this person, they have a really good brand aesthetic and their branding looks good. Like everything looks good. And I feel like my business and my marketing and everything about my business sucks <laughs> because I'm online and I'm seeing all this stuff that looks pretty and it looks good. And like they got 10,000 followers and she's doing seven, almost a million dollars a year. I'm like, like, what's going on with me? Like, what, what am I doing wrong? Don't fall for the fluff. If you have a sound business plan and you have a sound idea of where you're going to go, you'll be fine. Like, you will be so fine. I don't have, I don't spend a lot of money on branding yeah. because I feel like you can have a pretty thing and an ugly experience. And from my initial client onboarding experience, um, to the inquiry process, to you coming on as a client, it's a really nice and fun experience. And so don't fall for the fluff. Um, I would also recommend get a business coach. I have a marketing coach. I also have a business coach. You need coaches. You need people who are more successful than you that can really help you get to where you're trying to go and really help navigate through the weeds that you're in. As a new business owner, that may not be, it may not be feasible or as feasible as you think. So what you can do is find, you know, 
connect with some local organizations like a chamber of commerce. Um, I'm a member here of the Atlanta Black Chambers, and we have a ton of successful businesses. And I have two mentors out of that. They are very successful. They've been in business for a long time, but it's it's a give give situation. It's a win win situation for us both. I'm not just going to them to pick their brain. Like let me do the free ninety nine, pick your brain. Like no. They see your work and they'll reach out to you. So definitely don't be afraid to invest into yourself. Um, And then one more, I would definitely, as a boundary, be careful of, of you, right? Protect your peace. Protect your sanity. Being an entrepreneur is not easy. It's fun. We have our ups and downs. I don't always have good days or good weeks or good months, but it's a journey. So as long as you keep yourself grounded, um, you you exercise and you seek a therapist, like seek some type of outlet because holding all of this in will definitely start to, to hurt. You will probably go through those um, sad or anxious seasons, but definitely stay in the fight and, and understand that it's not an easy journey. Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned, um, you know, focusing on you because I was actually going to go there uh, with you next. So one of the things we like to do on Cup of Ground podcast is keep it very real. So I like to ask this question because I like to see uh, the transparency in business owners. So what can you admit about yourself that really got in your own way? Um, I am very hard on myself. So anyone else, you will never be as hard as on me as I am. And I think that when I first started my business, I had very, very aggressive goals. Sales-wise, client-wise, like I knew I wanted to, to service 200 clients a year. A brand new business trying to service <laughs> 200 yeah. clients a year. But I, I knew that was on my wall. I'm going to do these 200 clients. I don't know where I'm going to find them. I don't know how much money it's going to cost me to acquire those clients. But being too aggressive or you know too you can be too ambitious um without properly planning what i failed to do was plan for that infrastructure so i just thought that you know this is i'm gonna wink it with about four or five clients and kind of see how this goes and it did not go as well as i planned it to um before when i first opened my business i was a member of an organization um in my hometown and i was also a board member and so i was a big referral source but I wasn't ready for the influx because, again, I did not have the infrastructure that I needed. I didn't have a lot of automation in my business. So it mm. was me doing a lot of work. And at the time, I didn't have an assistant or a bookkeeper. It was me doing the work. So finding the client, onboarding the client, and then servicing the client. And so I, I one day I was like, this is not what I signed up for. Now, I did have my own office. So I thought I was on and popping. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm making enough money to pay for my own office. I think I'm doing (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I had to have a conversation with myself like, you're doing way too much. And then to add on the other hats of being a business owner, branding and marketing, customer service, I was like, no, let's scale down. let's, Let's refresh. Let's go back to the drawing board. But I think with me being so hard on myself, I'm like, if I see this person doing this or somebody tells me that I can't do it, I'm going to prove you wrong twice. And so I think that it was my own ego and my own just being too ambitious. And that could have ruined my business. It could have ruined my reputation and it could have ruined me trying to scale and I wasn't ready. So before you 
think about or consider scaling, which you can do, it's great to scale. I help businesses scale all the time because now I know what that looks like firsthand. But you have to have infrastructure. And that's what I failed to have. And so I was like, okay, look, that bruised my ego. But I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and so you, you just you grow from those experiences. But again, entrepreneurship is not always pretty. It's not always the glitter and glam that you see, especially online. There's, it's definitely a journey. Yeah, for sure. And while you were, um, before you started your business, you know, you were working for um, other top 100 companies and things like that. You were working for big businesses. So you were working in corporate America. How? Let's talk about, you know, some sometimes I think that people, um, like you said, they go off of social media, go off of what other people's journeys are, not realizing that your journey is your own. And I often times when I'm talking to people, when I'm giving them those strategy calls, like I encourage people to to really just stick and stay where they are in their job, especially if it's in, if they are at least comfortable enough and are making enough money to help fund their dream. Like I've never been a part, unless you are miserable, I've never been a person to encourage you, oh, you need to just leave your job and start your business because I know that it takes money to, mm-hmm. to fund a business and to fund your dreams. You know, that's the only way that I've been able to do it. And so, but let's talk about like, you know, for you, what are the things like what were the benefits for you by, you know, learning from working for someone else first before starting your own business? How did that help you in, in operating and running your own company? I'm working for someone, especially in my industry, is great because it teaches you one. I can you build on your skill set. Again, accounting is a skill. It's not something you, you can just pull out of a hat. Um, but it teaches you. It also teaches you discipline. If you are a good employee. You're going to be a great boss. There's a fad that I see going around on Instagram where I'm employable because I do such a great job at my business. No. And I say no because you don't want people to come into your business with that attitude. You want people to come into your business or your organization and care about it almost as much as you do. You want them to have a positive experience. And so for me and my job, do not let anybody tell you to quit your full-time job unless, like you said, you're miserable. That was the worst marketing um the worst marketing advice that I received from a marketing coach. She's like, you'll you're never you are so great and ambitious and you have all these goals and dreams, you'll never be able to get to where you need to be if you don't quit your job and just do your, just do the risk. Excuse me, ma'am. Let's back up because I am one in one, one in four (laughs) people, professionals who have student loans. So unless you're going to run my household for me, can I come and live with you? Can you help me pay some of these bills while you telling me to quit my job? Now, I'm not one of those people that come from an industry where I make chump change. I make good money in my industry. And like you said, you when this, when you're ready to make that move or that jump, give yourself six months to a year. Build in your business into your personal budget. If you want to do this business right, budget to spend at least $300 a month on your business. Build that into your personal budget. That way you'll always have capital. One, you're putting skin in the game, but two, you're able to take care of that business license, the registration for your business, the the automation tools and software that it takes to run your business. You can also hire while you're working, hire you a part-time admin, office manager, project manager, whatever. Hire you part-time help to help you run your business while you're working. Use your full-time job and your benefits 
to fund your business. There are so many entrepreneurs out here who make six figures and don't even have health insurance, life insurance. They can't even go and buy a house. And I meet these people all the time and they love giving this glamorous story. I made 200,000 or I've done this. That's great. I am very happy for you. But you have to keep it real with yourself because I have uh, partnerships with banks. So banking officers, loan officers and funders, they're going to want to see your financials. So the $200,000 that you made last year only resulted in about a $20,000 profit. So you spent $120,000 last year. You're not profitable. Or some of you spend, you make $200,000 and you're in a negative two twenty dollars when you file your taxes. That's not a profitable business. One, that's going to hurt you when you go to buy a house to get that line of credit or that business credit card to help you fund and float your business, you just have to be mindful of the other. That's why it's so important to have an accountant on your team or close by. At least meet with somebody quarterly. I provide monthly and quarterly services because I know you won't survive. That's why a lot of businesses fail within the first two years because nobody reviews the financials until tax time. That is the worst time of year to do everything and to put your eyes on the numbers. No, do it throughout the year. Put a plan together. Date your money. I went through um, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University and it's a it's a, like an eight-week course and they talk about, he teaches about swiping your card versus having cash. When you swipe your car, you don't really feel that money leave. You know it leaves, but until you pull out cash, you have to pay for something. It makes you reconsider. It's like, whoa, do I really need this? Do I really need to spend this extra money? You want to be prepared for those times in your business and throughout your journey. Because depending on which industry you're in, it can be very expensive. Like an expense can take you out. One of my clients is, she has a trucking company. Yeah and Texas, and it's a big business. She does great. But those expenses hurt. Luckily, she has the cash flow to afford them. But imagine if you were in an industry where one of your repairs can cost you $10,000 in one month on top of another $15,000 for insurance. So you want to be prepared for those woes. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned something. I want to go back to you were mentioning just like, you know, having people on your team um, being able to afford, you know, whether it's a part-time staff or what have you, or in, and just how you've gotten to the point now where you're able to hire people to assist you in growing your business. What are some of those qualities that are, are requirements, are mandatory, non-negotiables for anyone that joins your team? You have to be people-oriented. Um, you know me personally, so you know how I am. I've known you for a very long time now at this yeah, point. Yeah. But you know my personality. I do not do well with people who are not kind. Um, I grew up in a very loving, very warm, very supportive family. So that's pretty much all I know. Now, in the world, you know, there's those gray areas of people who probably weren't really loved, right? But it's very important for me to connect with people who treat other people right, especially strangers. If you will treat a stranger right, more than likely you'll be very good to someone you know. So being having a really good personality is one. Um, which also ties into customer service because you're going to be dealing with my clients and you're dealing with the, you're the face of my brand. So I need for my clients to have a great customer experience. Now 
We all know the customer is not always right, and we have been those customers that were not right, but the customer always wins. So either it can be a good experience for you or a bad experience for you, but how are you going to allow your customer to win? Um, attention to detail because we are dealing with numbers. If you put a comma or a period in the wrong area, <laughs> that could be either a $100,000 difference or a million dollar difference. Mm -hmm. That could be very material. Um, so being, being very um, detail oriented, being organized helps me help you. <laughs> so if you, if I come into a mess now, everyone has their own organized chaos. I'm okay with that. But I'm a very type A personality. I like things a certain way. Um, I have processes. So you OCD. Procedures. A little bit, but not to the extreme. But it, a little bit, but still, I like stuff a certain way. But as long as it gets done, we have policies, procedures, and standards in place that I have to abide by. So one put, there's more than one way to skin a cat. As long as you pick up the hair and throw it away, we're good. But there's being very organized is good for me. Um, growth minded, because when you come to work for me, I understand it's temporary. I'm not here to hold you really tight and hold on to you forever. I want you to come in, get the experience, and then grow your own business. Like, what do you? I want you to take what you learned from me and go apply it to your own business. So I want this to be a win-win situation for both of us. I like to create win-win situations for everyone. And if anyone has to lose, I will start to absorb some of that loss. But I like to create win-win situations. Yeah, so being a good it. person, having a great personality, um, having good customer service, being organized, and being detail-oriented. That works for me. Okay. That's, yeah, that's real. I mean, and that, that definitely makes for a an excellent person to have on your team, and I think that can kind of go across the board really for any business. Um, you need some strong, strong people on your team to really um, take you to the next level. So thinking about um, – I like to do this thing I call um, Mogul Mount Rushmore where I um, – want you to identify four people dead or alive that um, have influenced you in business that you would have in your mogul Mount Rushmore. Mm. That's a good one. Mogul. Wow. Um, well, for starters, I'm going to start with my aunt. Um, she's not a mogul or a millionaire, but my aunt always pushed me to do what I I see. If I see success, go and do it. And don't half-ass mm -hmm. do it. She would tell me this as a little girl, and I would get sensitive. I was like, why are you cursing at me? She was like, if you're going to do anything in this world, do not half-ass do it because that's not the potential you have. Do it. Do it all the way. And you will be very successful. So I will start with her. Um, secondly, definitely Oprah. And I say Oprah not because I want her life, love her money, but she had to, Oprah had to get it in the trenches and she had so many doors slammed, not closed, not, I'm sorry, we're closed today, slammed. And she kept that and she endured through all of that and she continued her journey and she did not, I'm sure she went through moments where she was discouraged, but she never gave up. And I think that's important to really understand that the journey that you're on is different and it can be difficult. It may be challenging and anything that challenges you is not meant to destroy you. It's meant to strengthen you, grow you, and take you to a different level. Okay. 
so I, when I when I'm faced with a challenge, I'm like, okay, I change your trajectory, Arnisha. Think about why you are here, what what you can take from this, and how this is going to help you somewhere else. So definitely, Oprah with that the whole challenge. Um, I will say someone odd. I think it's very odd. Shaquille okay. O'Neal. I like it. Okay. Big time, yeah, big time basketball player. Had his great run, but he had some smart people around him that care about him financially because he was able to go and create over 200 businesses. So he used the platform, the discipline, and the success from his professional career to build a legacy that his great-grandchildren will be able to, to live off of and continue in his name. And I think that's very important to take the success from one business and just flip it, flip it three ways. So Shaq is definitely, um, Shaq is definitely a good one for me. Um, I would say number four, Robert Smith, the richest black man in the world, because he, he also had to triumph and he is, very philanthropic and I think it's important when you get to that level of success before you even get there to be a giver and we talk about him a lot in our chamber because we're like who is who else is rich outside of Oprah Tyler Perry and Michael Jordan like (laughs) there has to be someone else but definitely focusing on his leadership he is a great leader and he he drives his business ventures on growing that that venture to help support other people. And for me, for me, success is not just making a lot of money. It's what is the impact that I can have on the people around me, the community that I'm in and beyond. I think impact is a very, that's my word. If what I'm doing is not impactful, it's not going to help somebody. I check myself because money is there. Listen, business doesn't stop and money doesn't sleep. So the money is there to be made. You just have to go and get it. But once you get it, then what? You spend it on yourself. You enjoy the pleasantries of making a lot of money. But what about the impact? What can you do to help change someone else? Yeah, that's real. That's what's up. You know, I think it's super important. Um, all that you said, and I actually really like, I really like your Mount Rushmore. Um, Shaq was definitely unexpected, but I mean, he definitely should be there. And I have also been following um, along with uh, Robert's um, story as well. So can appreciate that as well. And I and don't say your aunt is not a mogul. She taught you everything you know. <laughs> you better give her credit. I do. I love her dearly. I love her so much. I love it. So I'm a, we, I want to end with this one question. It's It's related, but it's unrelated. But I think it's important to address. <laughs> I hope you're ready. Um, give me one one major one just nugget or tip that you would give to someone that is interested in dating an entrepreneur. What do they need to know? One. Listen. One. <laughs> one. <laughs> one to three, man. Oh, one girl. to three. One to three. Okay. <laughs> the first is If you are dating an entrepreneur, understand if you are not like us, your mind is not wired like us. 
we are risk takers. Like, okay, so as an accountant, I will take a risk, but I'm risk averse. So I take small risk. But when you're dating an entrepreneur, please be patient and understanding too. Those are my two, patience and understanding. Because you're not probably, if you're a good entrepreneur, you're going to be able to communicate what you're doing, what's going on with your spouse. But if they're not an entrepreneur and they just are okay with the the regular nine to five, because that's good, that's okay. They're not going to understand the season of what we're going through. Like I said earlier, entrepreneurship is an up and down journey. You're not going to always be up. And when you're down, the only way you can go is up. But they're not going to really understand emotionally what's going on with us. And I think that if you're going to date somebody that has their hand in a bunch of pots and that's very busy, just be understanding. Um, understand that that person is being as flexible as they can and that you're not second place. But to entre- for entrepreneurs, for us, sometimes our businesses, especially if we don't have children or pets, that's our baby. We built that thing from the ground. I built my company from ground zero up to what it is. And so I'm very particular of who I hand certain things off to because it's my baby. Mm-hmm. Like I built this thing. I feed it. And I think it's really important to have that level of patience. Like, okay, you've been, it's, it's nine o'clock and you said you'll be done working at seven. Just five more minutes, please. Just get <laughs> the patience is needed. Um, but there are, um, I, I don't do a lot of dating because I'm not a dater. I like to, you know, hang, bash it out by myself. But I think for me, the ideal mate will have to have those qualities. Be patient and understanding that I have my hands on a lot of pots. And as our relationship grows and we go to another level, my priorities will change. Yeah. It's just I'm when, when, when an entrepreneur says they're busy, we really are. And in order for me to shift my focus for what I'm busy on to you, you have to be worth it. So what am I shifting that focus? I'm going to keep the same busy energy. I'm going to keep the same energy. So if I'm going to shift the focus off my business to you, are you going to be ready for it? Like, what is it that you want? What, like, where do you want us to go? So if you effectively communicate where we're trying to go and what we're building up to, cool. I don't mind shifting the energy and shifting the focus off of this to you. That's real. That is, that's what's up, man. I appreciate that. I think a lot of people are going to appreciate those nuggets and those tips. So where can we find you on social media? You can find me on my consulting firm, Bossy Books Consulting. It's at Bossy Books, B-A-U-S-Y, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. My personal page is at Arnisha Bobo on all social media handles. Um, feel free to DM me. I'm very responsive. So um, DM me. You can email me. Um, visit me online at www.bossybooks.com. But I'd love to connect with some of you, kind of get an idea of where you are and make sure that you're on the right track. What's up, ma'am? I appreciate you coming on today. This has been an excellent conversation, and I can't wait to see what's next for you. And I can't wait for that book to drop. Until next time, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Are you done playing games and ready to get out of your own way? Good. Go to jadadavis.com today to join my village, download your free startup checklist, And schedule time to speak with me during a free strategy call or think tank. That's J-A-D-A-D-A-V-I-S dot com. And as always, shut up, keep grinding.